Welcome to the Witty Committee. I'm Claire. And I'm Courtney. And this week we are reading the final book in Kate Bryan's private series, Vengeance. But before we get started, we are going to ask each other what we've been reading, watching, doing outside the podcast this week. Claire? Courtney. Oh, you want me go first. This is I was nice. the one who said um, the thing. Now you do the thing. Love it. Uh, so this week outside the podcast, I I read a book that I enjoyed. It's pleasant, but it's but I have something else to mention. Um, I started watching Selling Sunset, love, and um, am already into the second season. I'm obsessed. It is the best marriage of like the like the drama of like a Vanderpump Rules and like House Hunters, but there's not they're not like there's no budget, so you don't get like the annoying people in House Hunters who are like, I only want to spend. $100,000 on a beachfront home. And you're like, uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, this is like, it's obscene. Also, Christine is a god spawn. She's the worst. No, she's not a god spawn. She's devil spawn. She's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Chriselle is like a little sneaky manipulator. I mean, I also don't mind her, but I think Christine is absolutely evil. Um but it's so entertaining, and I immediately got sucked in, and I was like, "This is great!" Uh, oh so God, very amazing. much enjoying it. If you it. like that show, then you need to watch it. If you watch shows with subtitles on, just like listen to the I interstitial do. music that they play in between yes. different clips, where they're like, "Yeah, walk, walk, fashion, ass, selling, making money." Yeah. and I'm like, "Oh my God, who who recorded this? It sounds like an AI." I literally, well, yesterday I literally was talking to David, and I was like. There has to be a genre of music because it's the same kind of stuff that's in like all the Bravo shows mm-hmm. and like Vanderpump Rules. And it's like it's like L.A. reality TV show intro music. And it's all the same kind of vibe. Although there was a song yesterday that I recognized as like a pop that, that then became a pop song on the radio. And I was like, huh, I wonder if these artists are like thinking they're going to make it big because of Selling Sunset. Yeah, I don't, happens. I don't know about Selling Sunset specifically, but, like, I know that there's a whole industry behind, like, these session singers because a lot of TV shows won't shell out money for, like, popular songs. Yeah. And so, like, they won't pay for the licensing for it, so then they just record things that sound like Katy Perry or whatever to play in their show to, like, to do the vibe. Um, and it's just so funny to think. It literally sounds like if artificial intelligence made a Katy Perry song. <laughs> totally. I'm sure. Uh, but I'm very much enjoying Selling Sunset. So, um, Courtney, what have you been reading, watching, doing outside the podcast this week? Outside the podcast, I've been watching Abbott Elementary, the new show from Quinta Brunson. And it is very good. It's like The Office, but in Philadelphia. And if you ever had like a kid you went to college with who went and did uh, teacher, like uh, Teach for America. TFA. Yeah. Yeah. It's they've got that. It's great. Okay, see, I'm not a huge fan of The Office. Uh, that, like, kind of, like, weird, not weird, uh, no judgment. That slapsticky, deadpan humor is, like, not really my thing. Um, and we were at a brewery yesterday that had The Office on with, like, football. And I was watching it. It was whatever episode where, like, Pam does her art show and then Jim's trying to k- trap a bat. And... It just, like, to me, the, like, deadpan awkwardness just makes me uncomfortable. I think I'm just way too weird, like, weird for that. So, but there was an era of time where, like, the office was people's entire personality. Uh, Depending on where you live, that still is some people's entire personality. 
Really? Yeah. Be glad I'm you're not single. I'm just looking for the Pam for yeah, my gym. Exactly. Be glad you're not single, Claire. Ugh. Ugh. That's not a relationship I would want to model my relationship off of. Uh, no, me either. But I think it makes total sense for people who whose lives are like gyms where you are working like a middle sales job in suburban Pennsylvania and like that's your life. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, yeah. Another relationship that isn't relationship goals, in my opinion, anymore, despite how hard Courtney has continuously shipped them. Um, Josh and Reed in this book have some interesting hiccups, wouldn't you say? I'm not trying. I really thought we were done with it. I really resent the idea that you think that I'm trying to force people to ship Josh and Reed. I just think that they're better suited than Reed and Thomas or Reed and Dash. Well, yeah, well, yeah, read in any. So I texted Courtney earlier today when I was reading this book and I was like, Reed is truly the dumb. She's the dumbest person a lot. She's the dumbest person. But also this book was season three of Gossip Girl. But also Claire and I were discussing how Reed is the product of like a decades long breeding program where Lenora Lang orchestrated Reed's mother's job at Wallace Lang's. And thereby affair. And thereby affair so that the Williams and the Billings bloodlines would intersect to create Reed. So by that logic, like she's dumb because of inbreeding. Totally. But also the crazy thing is that like we, that was brought up in the last book and then they don't talk about it at all. They don't, you know what else they don't talk about at all in this book? The witch thing. That was a one book thing. (laughs) Which is so depressed. It's such a, well, they kind of talk about it, but it's such a bummer because it would have been so much more fun if it was more witchy. Yeah, the thing that they talk about with regards to witchcraft in this book is Reed saying, we gave up on the Billings Literary no. Society, we're not doing that anymore, and Kiki still tries to do some witchcraft, but we kind of gave up on it. Well, and there's another part at the end, but I won't get to that yet. But it's it's very it's very half, half-assed, like, witchery, and it made me really sad because I, I thoroughly enjoyed the absolute madness of them being witches it was so fun to me it was just an insane plot device of all of the plot devices you could have used kate bryan was like i don't trust reed to be smart enough or athletic or creative or cunning enough to get herself out of any sticky situation so i need to give her supernatural powers in order to get out of a sticky situation and now that that situation is over that plot device is over like, she yeah. did not trust also, Reed to be able to get herself out of problems without the power of magic. Yeah. Uh, also, Reed is somehow still smart enough to win the Scholar Athlete Award for her. Yeah, whatever. Um, so we start out the series. And if you listened to last episode, uh, you might remember that Courtney made a prediction that this episode was going to be about what Reed did with the money that she inherited from Mr. Lang, her biological father. And that is exactly what this episode is. This book is about. Bummer. This book is Lame. about. It, Reed is going to rebuild Billings using her inheritance money. Which Noelle uh, dislikes. And she's like, I don't think dad would have wanted you to rebuild Billings. Like he really hated this place. It caused so many problems. And Reed's like, you're the one who, when he was alive, said that I should ask him to use his money to rebuild it because if he really loved me and wanted a relationship with me, then he would do this for me. So now that our dad's dead, you think that it's a bad idea, which Reed sort of 
come eventually comes to an understanding that like Noelle is going through a seriously traumatic experience of having watched her father, who she's always known to be her father, be murdered in front of her very eyes. And Not only murdered, but like horrifically murdered. Apparently he was actually stabbed in the gut, not in the chest. And so like he just That's, died. But then, but then I, uh, I don't that know. That makes my frustration with the death so much stronger because they definitely could have saved him. There might've been a sepsis situation, but they don't. And then there, he wouldn't have just fallen and de- died if he gets stabbed in the gut. You gurgle and you like, like. They could have certainly saved uh, him. Plenty of people have been stabbed before in the stomach and not died. Um, and plenty of people have died and then come back to life in this book. So I don't know why it couldn't have been. I, I might be talking Courtney. about a zombie from two books ago. Yeah. That literally totally. happened two books ago, Claire. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> Noelle is against it. Josh is also predictably like not super thrilled about Billings. Josh is also being like mad sketch to read. They'd apparently like set up this like uh, weekly date thing where they like basically just make out in the library because they can't go on actual dates because everyone's too busy. Um, and Josh keeps bailing on her and like it's he's being weird. Um, Reed is is or so we open up the book. Reed is organizing the ribbon cutting ceremony for the Billings. I got very confused by this. I didn't know if you did. But from what I understood, I thought that she was organizing the ri- ribbon cutting ceremony for the completion of the construction. But it's not. It's for the beginning of the construction of the new Billings. Yes, the timeline of that was very confusing because if we recall, Reed is a Pisces and her birthday is in February, which is when the context of the last book ends. This book opens up in June, right before finals, and Reed is about to open up the construction site and that's why all the Billings alums are coming. So obviously like bids and finding construction people and all that sort of stuff takes time. And inheritance. Yeah, and inheritance, all that takes time drawing up plans. But the first challenge comes where apparently someone has sent the construction plans to the county who has certain eco-friendly guidance that Reed's plans are not following. And so that may set back her plan indefinitely, according to Double H, but she does end up finding a way around it where she thinks that it might delay her plans like two months. And I'm like, how can you build an entire dorm in June until like October? It just doesn't seem feasible. Unsure. However, that initial hiccup comes and uh, Reed receives a text from a mysterious number. MT is what it's signed as. Is it signed uh, MT or does Ivy say we should not call him your stalker. We should call it the mystery texter. MT for short. I think you're right. I did not remember that, but that's fine. Um, so they, they decide it's... And this person urges them to look in the G section of the Billings alumni list. Which finally, so so glad we're going back to that. TBT to when we had the secret dirt on everyone list. And then we never saw it again, even though that could have been super useful for, I don't know, everything that happened in this book. And every other book. Like Mrs. Ryan. I'm sure that dirt list had some like. With a child. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that. But anyway. Uh, and they use it and they uh, eventually stumble upon this Billings alum who is alumna, whatever, whichever one Courtney's going to get mad at me for. Well, alum um, is just short for alumna. So that could yeah, still be fine. So I'm just going to just go with that. But uh, this Billings alum who is the equivalent, her name's Carolina something, Green, Gamble, whatever. 
Uh, it doesn't matter what her last name is, but it turns out that she is this book's chip, like uh, Joanna Gaines, basically. But she's Joanna Gaines if she was a, an environmentalist. Mm-hmm. She has her own TV show on the Home Renovation TV Network, which Ivy apparently loves. And she is a She's huge Carolina with. fan. And which is cute. It is cute. It's good to have like some depth to Ivy, who we later find out is going to Pepperdine. Um, which and is so weird to me. It's weird, but also like good that we know that they didn't drop the whole Ivy as a senior plot line. True. But so they invite... Carolina to come to campus to help them zhuzh up their plans to make them more environmentally friendly and resell it back to the board of trustees, which they successfully do. Uh, and that Carolina is pumped. She's pumped. She's and so she's excited. also pumping Reed up by being like, if you were really your father's daughter, then like you would defend this. This is your baby and no one's going to go to bat for it like you will. And so Reed gives an impassioned speech at the board of trustees meeting and uh, everyone cheers and films it and puts it up on YouTube. And then Paige and Daniel Ryan and Missy Thurber walk past her and like shove her with their shoulder. Yes. Like mean girl style. Um, Missy, fun fact, has a boy, a new boyfriend. Her boyfriend is Graham Hathaway. Uh, and Reed is disgusted by this for some reason, which I'm like, how well, does that really affect you? Not unlike when I'm trying to think back to every other time that like when uh, Sawyer danced with Amberly at the New Year's Eve party. If you remember yeah. that, where she was like, I thought Sawyer was better than that, but I guess not. Reed is just a very judgmental person when it comes to anyone dating people she doesn't approve of. Yeah. Which uh, apparently so is Graham. Graham uh, gives Reed an ominous warning against. So Josh has been sporadic and a little bit weird and very much under a lot. He's being a little weird. Uh, and, and Reed thinks that this is because he's gone off of his medication, which... Well, we, she's led there because Graham basically says, like, you know, he, this guy's insane. My sister killed herself because he went off his meds. And then Reed remembers when Josh went off his meds before he was uh, arrested for... Uh, he was under suspect of being Thomas's murderer. And so she remembers that instance. And now she's like, okay, I think Josh might be off his meds again. Graham also says that he, that Josh is a liar. And Reed yes. thinks that this is what he's referring to. That there's something that Josh hasn't told her either about the medication or about the sister's death. Um, or and, possibly also that maybe Josh is mystery texter. Yeah, or that Josh is the one secretly sneaking around and like stealing the plans to Reed's new Billings dorm. But she also says she thinks the mystery texter isn't out to get her, even though at one point the mystery texter is like, you should lock the door to your room, which I took as being ominous. And Reed is like, yeah, Yeah. that's helpful. And I was like, you only think it's helpful because you're an idiot. Also, you should lock your door. (laughs) Yeah, you should totally lock your door, Reed. Um, So she's like being paranoid about Josh. Um, At the same time, when she's doing, so she does the, it's so hard to keep the very little happened in this book but also a lot um she gets everything ready so everything gets approved so they're gonna do the ribbon cutting ceremony uh noelle is still noelle doesn't go to the board meeting and reed is like okay i gotta find some way to make amends with noelle like i can't be like this so uh kieran and taylor despite not having graduated from easton uh or still go to school there come for the unveiling of like for the ribbon cutting ceremony but they don't tell noelle that 
Reed arranges for like a let's celebrate Noel day instead. And so Taylor and Kieran and Noel and Reed go out on Noel's dad's sailboat and like go out in the Long Island Sound, I'm guessing, and just like have a day of celebration. And Kieran and Taylor are both super psyched about Reed because they saw the video from the board meeting the night before. And Noel like kind of watches this video of Reed being a badass. And then she says to Reed, wow, like you really might be my dad's daughter after all. Like, and Reed is like, takes it as a huge compliment because it is. But then she like uses it as an opportunity to kind of be like, Noel, I understand that you're upset. If you really don't want me to do this, then I won't because you matter more to me than Billings, which obviously they're not going to just cut the plot off there. And Noel was like, fine, okay, I give you my blessing. Yeah, which gave me the sense that Noel was like withholding it because she wanted Reed to ask for it. And I found that sort of weird because the emotional arc for the Reed Noel storyline could have been very much grounded in Reed's very valid fear that since the knife was meant for Reed and that Noel's father sacrificed himself for yeah. Reed, like that debate of like, would Noel rather her father be alive and me be the one who's dead if it were like the other way around. And like that could have been a lot more weighted and a lot more serious. But instead they were like, you didn't ask my permission for a dorm. Yeah. Uh, definitely would have been more serious, but I feel like you couldn't get into that resentment in the last book. Yeah, but they just, again, they tried to shoehorn in so much stuff for this book. And then the last three chapters were like, and then we do the goodbye tour, even though Reed is not graduating yes, yet. I did. Yes, I did feel that. But so they do this thing, uh, and then that night is the ribbon-cutting ceremony. So they're at the ribbon-cutting ceremony. Things are going well. Carolina's on stage with them. All these Billings alums are there. Uh, Reed kind of ropes in Headmaster Hathaway. They're getting all this press, which is supposed to be, like, good press for the uh, opening of the, the new dorm. So they cut the ribbon. Everything's going fine. And then they hear, like, a loud crash and a scream. And a cement truck has fallen over backwards into the pit like the foundation pit of Billings and the uh, guy operating the truck is hanging out the door and at risk of falling into the cement mixer and all these reporters are there you know filming it recording it uh, as it spills cement everywhere and everyone's like oh my god what is going on yeah, and all the reporters are like, Reed, is it cursed? Is this whole site cursed? And Headmaster Hathaway is like, don't answer that. Um, and Reed, is this when she goes back to the construction site later that night because she sees that there is a banner being hung up on the stage? Not yet. Okay. Or maybe, yeah, maybe the, it's, the events of this book are very quick. Um, I think it might be that night. Basically, Ivy knows about Mystery Texter. Josh does not know about Mystery, mystery Texter. Uh, and he doesn't, he, like, he's so busy, he's not paying attention. So later that night, after the ribbon cutting ceremony, yes, you're right. Uh, Reed gets a text saying, like, meet me or, like, come out to the site, whatever, at this time. And Ivy goes with her. And she gets out there and she sees, I think Ivy and Noel go with her. Yeah, there's definitely Correct. multiple people out there. And she sees this banner that's hung up from the stage on which Reed and... Carolina and Headmaster Hathaway and all these other people have been standing earlier that day. And this banner basically has pictures of all of the different Billings girls like Sabine and uh, Ariana. And it reads Billings girls are murderers. And Mrs. Ryan. 
Yes, but not bones? yeah, but not um. Oh wait, no, it doesn't Mrs. have Mrs. Kane. Mrs. Kane. It doesn't have Mrs. Kane. Um, so Reed is like, if they're gonna accuse us of this, and they might as well get their facts straight. Like, name another Billings girl who's a murderer. And so she goes up on the stage to start tearing it down. And when she falls through the stage and breaks her arm. Yeah. She does also say, oh, it can't be Paige Ryan because she wouldn't put, put her, her mom's mom face up, up there. So Reed has to go to the hospital, get a cast for her broken arm, and get, like, stitches on her face. And then, like, tries to arrange to see Josh the next day. And Ivy's like, you have to tell Josh. And Reed's like, yeah, I guess I have to now because I'm very obviously injured. And they're like, isn't Josh going to be mad that you didn't, like, tell him about the hospital? And she's like, well, Yeah. I don't think he was, really. Because he was Josh like, why has didn't news you, of his own. Yeah, he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And they're sitting outside on like a park or like a picnic blanket. And he's like, um, turns out when I told you that I'd gotten into Cornell, that actually was not 100% the truth. I got waitlisted at Cornell. And that's the only school that I applied to because I thought that I was a shoe in because I'm like a quadruple legacy. And we've never had the indication that Josh didn't have good grades or anything like that. But it seems that someone on the board of admissions told his parents, like, he needs to get straight A's this semester if he wants to get in. Probably because he had been arrested for murder and was suspected yeah. of another suspicious death. So, like, okay, I don't know how straight A's are going to fix that, but, like, whatever. And so he's like, that's why I've been so stressed out, because, like, I need to get straight A's. And she's like, oh, that's hilarious. That sucks. Why I'm, so, I'm mad that you didn't me. tell me, but also here's yeah. the thing I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so she tells him about mystery texter. Uh, she doesn't tell him she that she, pink cast on. Yeah, but she doesn't tell him that she's been seeing random, mysterious blonde people walking yes. around the construction site and like hiding. Ariana, and this is obviously, the classic read just sees a blonde girl and is immediately suspicious. She's like so suspicious of random blonde people. It's all Ariana. It's always Ariana. She does think that it's Ariana for the majority of this book, not unlike every previous book. But so, um, at what point? So then later that day, she needs Is the to happy go, hour. No, I'm talking about before the happy hour when she goes to tour the construction site with Carolina yes. and the TV crew. Yes. And while they're walking, they hear a snap from above, and then another snap, and then um, the brick pallet. Scaffolding. Yeah. Uh, the brook pallet that's like above them starts to fall and they need to like run out of the way. And they're like, oh my God, someone was trying to kill us probably. And so then Ivy and Carolina and Reed go back through the footage and they see someone in the background and they realize that that person in the background is Paige Ryan because she has like mm-hmm. auburn curls. And it turns out that Paige Ryan had paid off one of the um, construction crane workers. Operators. Yeah, crane yeah. operator who like has a drinking problem and money problems and so missy thurber is like pissed off about it because she's like you're just making baseless accusations of everyone and who's gonna believe this drunk but, guy over my cousin but they do arrest Paige, yes. and so reed's like okay now i can be safe um because Paige has been arrested so i'll go someone tells her the mystery not to her. go the mystery texter tells her not to go to the awards ceremony which is that night um so reed's like you know what no I'm going to go to the awards ceremony. Paige has been take, you know, she's been apprehended. So there's no reason for me to not go to the awards ceremony. Because so she doesn't know that we're only halfway through this book and there must be more murder attempts on her life. Because if she did know yes. that, then she wouldn't go. There's never only just one murder attempt, Reed. No, come on, Reed. You, you're old hat at this. 
So 14 books in, you don't know how many murders there are. Exactly. She goes to this ceremony. She gets all the awards because she's a smarty, smart, smart, smart. She gets two awards. If there had been an award for street smarts or uh, it would go, not being go to a dumbass award else. or like an art award, that yeah. would probably have gone to Josh. So maybe. Uh, and Most then murder attempts award does go to Reed. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, she's like, okay, I guess I, I guess she gets up to go to the bathroom she, or somewhere she gets up to follow missy and graham because she sees them go oh, off yeah. into the secret alcove where she and dash had make almost out. made out once and so she watches missy get felt up by graham in a way that is extremely uncomfortable for all of us it's very un- yeah it's very weird very creepy because again reed and she's is like, like i can't turn away yeah because again reed is just extremely judgmental of anyone she deems to be like unattractive in personality or physic like physicality and she finds Missy to be, she refers to Missy repeatedly throughout this book as her longest nemesis at Easton. And I'm like, Missy is nowhere near the level of a Ariana. Yeah, like she is no. not, she's not Mrs. Not Ryan even, level, please. Or even Ivy, when Ivy and Reed were supposed nemesi. Yeah, exactly. Nemesis. I was like, you're giving a lot of credence to Missy when Missy's biggest problem is she said that she was a legacy to Billings House and you weren't. Like, please calm down. And she's got, and she's got big tits yeah which, you're, read you're just mad because you have a fat ass but no tits exactly um <laughs> so, so she's watching them make out and then someone tries to kidnap her again Ooh. Yeah. but josh trey and someone else gage maybe i don't know gage is really definitely helpful, gage because so. gage oh, and fuck. ivy are back together even though he had apparently cheated on her in the past book and ivy used her magical witch powers to throw a painting to- at him and i guess they're fine <laughs> see i miss the witches because like it would be so much more fun if it was like magic witches but anyway uh rita's attempted kidnapped and then trey follows the kidnapper outside and can't really see anything because he's got a mask on but he does see him drive off in an acura and so they call the police station and they say hey reed was just attempted kidnapped uh it was a blue acura and it had these two were the first plate letters uh and then they all go back to reed's room which was like Reed's not the kind of party she was hoping for but it was like nice because all her friends are there and like all the guys are there and they're just trying to like keep her safe and make her feel protected which was very sweet um but then they were like well taylor was like well haven't you tried reaching out to this number and reed was like yeah but everybody's phone numbers are blocked so like we haven't been able to get anyone and then taylor was like you could just run the code ivy aren't you a good hacker and ivy was like i didn't think about that yeah they're like just try texting it from a different phone number that's not anyone they would have already had the phone number for like obviously they're gonna block everyone who goes to school here but like just pick a more obscure phone number like a a really far away area code and Ivy's totally. like, oh, yeah, I thought I was a hacker genius, but no one is compared to Taylor, who's the most genius. And yes. this was the dumbest thing. And so they text Mystery Texter, who, again, Claire and I both thought when they shortened it to MT, we were both like, Missy Thurber. Uh, yeah. Which it's not. Spoiler alert, it's not. Um, and so they text Mystery Texter and they say, who are you? Please, let's meet. And Mystery Texter sends instructions and direction and like and a location like, yeah, yeah and it's like don't bring anyone come by yourself and reads like obviously i need to Which, bring other people i can't drive exactly uh and so then she goes to josh's dorm and is like hey i'm gonna go to a secret murder setup it's definitely a setup but i'm gonna go anyway if i'm not back in two hours call the cops um and 
he's like, okay, cool, I have to study. And so then they drive 15 minutes away. Kieran's rented Escalade, which I think is worth noting. It she's is 19 noting. and can rent a car. She's 19, can rent a car. Also, she carries a stun gun with her because apparently all of the men in Italy are gropers. Not important. Uh, you know, protection. It is, I mean, like, Good it's important Kieran. to all of us. It is important to the plot later on. But so they drive 15 minutes away. And they come upon a covered bridge and they go past the cover. I thought they were going to get jumped at the covered bridge. Absolutely. I thought they were going to, they were being led to the location where Thomas was murdered. I thought they might have been being led to the location where Noel was being held in secret witch hostage. That's not it either. In fact, it is Cheyenne's country house, which is weird for two reasons. One, why Cheyenne's country house? And two... Uh, last time we went to Cheyenne's country house is when they got to have that off-campus Christmas party, like back when, when Noel was a regular senior and Ariana was also yeah. a senior. And it was the night that Reed was then almost killed by Ariana. Yes. But remember when we went there, it was like an hour away and everyone was complaining, like, how far away is your house, Cheyenne? Like, why is it so far away? Mm. But now I guess in this Escalade, they're able to drive there in 15 minutes. Maybe. Confusing. I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe this these roads are taking them a back way on you know over the covered bridge kind of shit. It's just but her house they get is to Cheyenne's her house place. is in Fairfield County. It's not actually that close, and it's a plot hole for me. But I digress. So they get to Cheyenne's place, and they have to go to the back to go to a separate house that's in the back. Reed thinks she sees Sawyer in the in the window in the main building, and she's freaked out by that. Uh, Which notably Sawyer had not been at the like the, at the banquet dinner. the award ceremony, yeah. despite winning the like junior firsts for boys. Yeah. Um, but they get a text saying from the mystery mystery texter saying like, "I see that you brought your friends anyway. Like, like don't do don't let them in. Blah blah blah. All the stuff. Come back to this back room." And they get inside, and and this is after and this is. Like, Taylor and Kieran and Ivy were like, should we go? Should we not go? I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I want to go. I'm kind of scared. But then they all go anyway. Um, and Reed's kind of like, oh, no, let's just call the cops. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. She calls. She does detective. call Detective Hauer. And she's like, Detective Hauer, I've been getting these weird texts. And so I went to Cheyenne's house. And I think it's Ariana. And he's like, you're a fucking idiot. It's not Ariana. Don't call me again. I have to process all this paperwork. Well, he's and also the- like... Remember the last time that you almost got kidnapped and murdered today? Yeah, so he's like, oh, I have to process all the paperwork from the last time you were kidnapped earlier today. So I'm too busy. Please don't call me. Which, if you would think about it, that should add more credence to the fact that she thinks that something suspicious is happening. Not less. Because, like, of all of the people to take seriously, I would probably take Reed seriously if there's something suspicious going on. But she does have a tendency to accuse the wrong people a lot. So, like, I would still check it out, but whatever. But so they go upstairs. And who is there but Graham with a gun? Uh. And who is next to Graham with the gun? Cheyenne Cheyenne. Martin. Who? It was not dead. Not dead. dead. And also not not a zombie. Not a zombie. Uh, She... This was the other instance of witchcraft that was referenced. Apparently, uh, somehow her mom connected with Ariana's mom, who connect- connected with a New Orleans voodoo lady who made a like witchy sludge potion that gave Cheyenne the appearance of being dead for 48 hours. And then they faked Cheyenne's death. 
and paid off some EMT people because she wanted to keep Cheyenne away from the curse. She was like, if Cheyenne isn't on campus, then she can't be subject to the curse, the evil curse that Reed's presence on campus is bringing. So this is a much more elaborate plan. So Sabine thought she was really pulling the strings by being like, I'm going to murder Reed as a vengeance for my half-sister who didn't even talk about me and like hardly even knows me and kind of resented me. But really, it was Cheyenne and her mom being like, oh, we're going to let Sabine kill me so then I will be free from the curse and then we can kill Reed and then the curse will be over and then I can come back to campus but then Sabine fucked up killing Reed and so this has all been set in motion books and books and books ago and now Cheyenne has to murder every single girl in the house because they all came and so now she needs to kill them all and Graham is like uh what uh I didn't sign up for five murders as if five murders is that much worse than one murder I don't know but they knock Noel and Reed out. Reed comes to, uh, like, in a bar room where Graham is making himself, like, lots of vodka so that he can, like, work up the courage to murder Reed. And she realizes that she still has Kieran's stun gun in her pants. So she uses it to fry the twine off of her hands and kind of gets... Uh, Graham to do like the the like villain explainy thing where you take forever to explain your situation to give the the hero time to like come up with a plan yeah she's like oh um, can you give me some water and then also why are you doing this I kind of understand like she's like I can't believe I'm gonna die for two bullshit reasons a curse and whatever the hell you're gonna say and he basically says Josh is the reason why my sister killed herself And so I'm going to hurt him by taking away someone he loves, which is you. As which is sort of contrary to the previous argument that he had made, where he was like, I need you to break up with Josh so you can be with Sawyer because he's beyond in love with you. Despite us having seen a total of like five interactions between Reed and Sawyer, where they have like very awkward conversations. I don't see him being in love with her, but whatever. It feels a little incel-y from Sawyer, but not in a bad way, just like a little uh. Like, that he might be like, nice guys never win. Yeah, I mean, like, do you think that he would... He continues to try and save Reed's life despite knowing that Reed will never love him, which is good. Yeah. Oh, hey. Having her not be dead is the the win. So, Reed eventually gets gets Graham close enough to where she can shock him. And at the time... So, Cheyenne comes in, like, right at that same time. And then Graham like gets ready to shoot Reed, but Reed tases him and he instead misfires and shoots Cheyenne through the shin, which, ow, that would fucking hurt. Well, I know he like, shot, shot anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. But, but, but like, you're not going to die from being shot through the shin. It's just going to be like incredibly painful because your shin is just bone. Well, who's to say you wouldn't die from being shot in the shin? Wallace Lang died from being stabbed yeah. in the stomach. <sighs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, but then actually, wait. Okay, Sawyer, so question. Yeah, and this yeah. is not relevant to this book, but maybe the blades were magic poisoned, and that's why he died so fast. I mean, it had to have been something like that because otherwise, modern science would just yeah. Really they must have been either poisoned or magic poisoned or just magic. But like, yeah, there had to be something yeah. else going on with the blades. Okay, totally. Cool. Back to this book. We'll go with that. Um. So then, uh, who busts down the door? But. Sawyer and Noel and a bunch of cops. 
And so now, now Reed has the gun somehow and is like, very quippy ends up and is like, sorry guys, I had to save myself this time. I was like, okay, Reed. Which she has saved herself a couple of times. A couple like, of times. On the Remember island, she, she saved herself. Guy? I was going to say, with the with the fruit. He never she died. She murdered someone. She would have, Man. she attempted to murder him, but like it was self-defense. But either way, she would, like she would have saved herself. Yeah. I digress. The point being that like she was like, oh, I saved myself. And then they all go outside and Graham gets arrested and Cheyenne goes into the ambulance and is going to get arrested. And then Headmaster Hathaway shows up and he's like, what happened, son? And, and Sawyer, Sawyer breaks down sobs. crying, which is good to see. Because obviously, because yeah. Sawyer is like, oh, and Sawyer was a mystery texter and Graham found the burner phone and took it as a way of enticing Reed to the mansion. Uh, Sawyer gets, it's, I would, Sawyer, that's tough. Your older sister, who you love very much, kills herself. And then in the same like year and a half, your brother tries to murder the girl you're in love with. That seems And that's what Reed says to Graham when Graham is trying to kill her, where he's like, she's like, this is not what you want. Like, this is not going to bring your family back together. In fact, this is going to, like, destroy your relationship with your dad and your brother. And this is going to hurt them beyond repair. And Graham's like, you don't understand. I love my sister. And she was More not crazy. anyone else ever. Which, which kind of gave a weird... Incesty. Yeah, it wasn't Also, great. why are there so many twins? A lot of... Something in the water at Easton, I think. Seriously. But, so, Graham gets arrested, and as he's driving away, he sees the irreparable damage he's done to his siblings. It turns out that the gun is Headmaster Hathaway's gun, Headma- and Sawyer he had- keeps on campus? Yeah, I don't understand that. That made no sense to me. Why do you have Bad a gun idea? on campus, Well, sir? maybe because uh, so many people have been murdered on this school campus. <laughs> yeah, so don't bring more guns. <laughs> I don't uh, yeah it's not like he's uh, the one patrolling the halls to make sure that girls are not getting kidnapped from their beds at night like that's not happening no uh and so the next thing we see is like the last three chapters which are uh josh, josh gets, gets into, into cornell. cornell good for him um missy thurber also gets arrested because she was corroborated she was you know corroborating collaborating she was uh conspiring oh, she was abetting she, she was, was conspiring. aiding conspiring and abetting with... and conspiring and all the other law words yeah uh with... daniel ryan also arrested also Paige ryan because he was trying to flee the country because he was the one who tried to kidnap reed which, would you like, not i would stupid uh, but they're all so this is like so i don't understand why they care so much like it's a dorm i know it's a dorm at a school you don't even go to anymore like why do you care so much because your mom's in prison I, yeah, but like you should try and cut your losses there, dude. Mother, not try and they're weird, weird mommy. They're like freaks. mother, mother. May I kill the interloper? Gross. Um. So yeah, everyone it feels gets very knives out, but not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. Just in like a knives out weird. is good. Ugh. Knives out is great. Uh. So then, uh, everybody graduates. We find out we that Noelle's middle names. name is Teresa. Love. Yeah, that good was... good callback. I actually like. That's a good... Oh, we learn... Um, We do learn eventually where Noelle's scar came from, which we have not talked about since, like, episode one. Yeah. Uh, she has a Claire massive very scar concerned. across, like, her uterus area. Yeah, Claire was concerned about where the, that the scar had some sort of, like, scary situation. They're partying for some reason. Oh, they're doing a Reed Survived Death party at the Billings Chapel with costumes. And which is funny. Like Reed dresses up as a Grim Reaper and Noelle is like death's bride and some people are popes and some people are the devil and they're like in a chapel. So it's very sacrilegious and cool. But so Ivy sees the scar on Noelle's hip 
while she's getting undressed. And Reed makes note of the kind of string thong she's wearing, which like, okay, gay. Um, and Ivy's like, what's that scar from? And Reed's like, oh, that's so impolite that you would ask. And Noelle's like, no oh, yeah. No ever I... asked her before. Yeah. And so Noelle's like, oh, yeah, when I was a child, I went horseback riding with my cousins. And then I fell off the horse. And then I fell onto, like, a rake. And then the country doctor did a bad job stitching me back up. That's it. That's the story. Glad it wasn't a poison rake. Yeah. I just... Noelle's whole point is, like, not every bad thing that happens in life is because of some, like, grand conspiracy. Yeah. And so I appreciated that sentiment. So we got a good conclusion on that. And um, what else? Uh, Everybody graduates. Uh, Reed and Josh are kissy, kissy, lovey, lovey. Everyone's fine. Um, And then there are no more problems with Billings being built. And Reed decides to room with Constance the next year. And everything is great. And that's the end. Yeah. Oh, um, and then some girls at a going away party that oh, yeah. Amberly is not allowed to attend for some reason because she's like not a senior, but also neither is Reed or any of the other Billings girls. So I don't know what the point of that was. Uh, but they come up to Reed and they're like, hey, how can we apply to be in Billings? And she because Reed has decided that she will be the one in charge of deciding who gets to be in Billings for the rest of forever. And so Reed is like, you'll get an application within the next month. And if you turn your application in on time, you'll be considered. Which is nice. It Feels is nice. normal. Yeah, because so, earlier Noelle had been like, what makes you qualified to decide who gets to live in Billings? And I'm like, okay, but Reed is literally like the most qualified. So please kiss my ass, Noelle. Yeah, but that that's the end of the series. That's all of private. That's we're done, which is so underwhelming after the witches. I am incredibly Ugh. disappointed. I'm just bummed. I like wanted more. Also, like. Reed's a junior. We have a whole other year of shenanigans and witchcraft that could happen. But, like, where are you going to go from here that isn't something we've already done four times? I don't know, but I but I do. I, I'm, un, I'm, un, I'm not satisfied with the ending. Me I, either. I just, I'm dissatisfied, but I also think that we could have ended this series several books ago and just been, like, pre-witch stuff and had a very similarly gotten the witches. I like the witches, don't get me wrong, but it feels like such a throwaway plot device that we had to have two books about it and then we just never addressed it again. Like, it was so underwhelming to give us all this witch stuff and then just throw it away. Either don't have any witches or really buy into it. Yeah. Definitely a bummer. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> which is so unfortunate because because I really did enjoy a lot of these books. I would say uh, the writing was the best writing we've seen so far. Really? You think you've been better um, than Zoe Dean? I, on par with Zoe Dean, okay. I think. I definitely think that if Kate Bryan has not thought about writing for a sitcom or like not a sitcom, but like, you know, uh, maybe a sitcom, like not a sitcom, but like a, you know, a drama. A teen drama. Uh, a te- but like, you know, one of those super dramatic TV, like, like a she definitely should consider it. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, this kind of stuff is totally Riverdale-esque. Like, she could could definitely write a teen TV show. This is what this read like. So I highly recommend that she try that if she's looking for more things to do with her career. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think I liked it better than The A-List because The A-List had so many, like, one one book characters that, like, just stopped being part of it. And then also, I think, because the murder thing, because that's fun, quirky. Yeah, this was definitely, like, up there among my favorite book series that we've read so far. Like, it's hard for me because Gossip Girl is obviously iconic. 
the click was so formative to me yeah growing yeah. up and just like rereading it it has a special place in my heart that will never like i tbt to one i straight up sobbed reading the last click book i oh, have yeah. just like but such that's strong who you are but like it just had such like an emotional resonance with me where i was like yeah. the power of female friendship and fashion moments and like this is who i was and this is who i am and now reading this book like what i loved is the crazy like how heightened the stakes were yeah and that makes me that and this book was not like yeah yeah it did not raise the stakes on anything it was like oh graham's trying to kill you oh cheyenne was never dead oh okay like it's it wasn't giving me what i needed to get out of it like it wasn't continuing to raise the stakes the cheyenne was never dead thing just felt so out of left field i was just like what? It becomes the boy who cried wolf at a certain point where it's like, oh, okay. Like you thought that Cheyenne was alive and or Ariana had escaped her prison, her mental health prison for a while. And like now it finally happens. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you were right. But then she goes back to jail. Like she goes to jail. I don't know. Like it ended up I mean, being I'm overwhelming. I'm intrigued to see with like, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see with like privileged, like does Ariana escape from her? Probably mental institution you but can't then make it's six like, books about her being stuck in a mental health institution i'm sorry i don't know there's a lot of movies about girls in mental health institutions yeah but that's a movie um, that's like a one singular contained thing like six books anyway uh that is the end of private uh courtney and i are still deliberating what book series we will be doing next if you have any suggestions please let us know um but before we get there courtney Tell me your state of the union for this this week. What's your in and what's your out? You don't want to talk fashion mo? Oh, we do fashion mo. What's your fashion mo? I actually didn't have one. <laughs> you didn't have one. I had um what I wrote in my notes was TBH. I have fewer fashion moments and more female friendship moments. Like the okay, OG Billings it. girls on the yacht as Noel Surprise. Cute. Um the post-graduation party where the non-Billings girls came up to read to ask how to apply. And in my notes, I wrote, I still don't understand why Amberly couldn't come to that party. Um, but mostly, like, my favorite favorite was after Reed has been saved slash the police come. And it's Taylor, Kieran, Ivy, Noel, and Reed standing outside of Cheyenne's house. And then they all hug. Um, let's see. What page is that? Page 204. Reed says, I laughed, turned toward Kieran and hugged her, then felt Noelle's arms around my back. Soon Taylor and even Ivy had joined in on the group hug, one big mass of tangled hair, designer perfume, and chilled skin. I ducked my head inside the cocoon my friends had formed for me and smiled. Maybe I wasn't so unlucky after all. And I just think that that sort of speaks to part of what Claire and I have been getting towards about this series, where it's like about the different and multi-layered ways that female friendships can grow and develop over time where it's like, okay, Reed and Ivy were originally enemies. Reed was originally like so envious and awestruck by these Billings girls. And now they're all united as like female friends and Reed is seen as their equal rather than being like their inferior or like their gopher or whatever. And like, they're all there to support each other. And it's, it doesn't seem like the support or the sense of equality comes from, oh, well, now Reed has inherited this Lang fortune or like now Reed is like genetically related to them. It seems like Reed has developed throughout the series to stick up for herself. And these girls have also developed through like their own traumatic experiences to be like, what's most important is togetherness. And I really appreciated that. Very true. Very fair. But of course, you the perfumes are designer, right? 
Yeah, obviously. No, I did not tear up um, at that. I just thought that it was nice. Okay. So my fashion moment is all the girls' outfits they wear to graduation. Cute. Because I feel like each one of them is very tied in with the girls' personal style. So this is Reed when she's describing what everybody's wearing. So I looked up and down the line at the five of them. Constance with her red hair back in a bun, her white and pink striped shirt buttoned and pressed. Astrid in her black boat neck t-shirt with about 100 silver chains around her neck and her boots splattered with paint. Kiki growing out her short blonde hair so that it now stuck out from behind her ears as if she'd had an electric shock, wearing a floral baby doll dress no one else on campus could pull off. Lorna in a dark pink shift dress, beaded necklace, and straightened black hair. I even had I had even cleared a special place in my heart for matchy matchy Amberly in her blue and white striped boat neck tee, wide legged white pants, and blue slingbacks. Next year we were the returning Billings girls. Next year we would set the tone. Which I thought was very cute. Um, I do think that Kiki sounds a lot like Tavi Gevinson. Do you remember like yeah. Rookie Mag? Yeah. Um, which I love. And I just like the fact that she was like, all these girls are so, it wasn't, you know, like when she talks about the Billings girls to start out in the first book, she's like, they're all cool and composed. Everybody looks stylish and everything. And now she's talking about them as their like individualities and everybody's a little bit different and some people are quirkier, but everybody has their like good qualities and that's what's going to make Billings a, a good place and so that was very hopeful to me um so definitely liked that yeah i 100 yeah. percent agree with that i think that that's really nice i do take issue with the fact that i thought that astrid was supposed to be a senior because she and cheyenne had been friends back when they had both gone to barton but i digress i will let that go no i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure she was a junior because um when she was selected she was selected with the other group of juniors it was but she was a transfer so it could have just been like a you transferred yeah, but it could have been. But don't like you a, remember when um, Cheyenne was like, no, I don't want to have uh, seniors in. And that's like she said that about Astrid. She didn't say that about Ivy. Ivy wasn't. I like, don't know. I, I don't think I don't because think... I know that it's not that important. But in my mind, it's just the straw, you know? I don't think so. I don't think. But I'll look back and check. But anyway, um, I enjoyed. But also Astrid could have been held back because she had got kicked out of school. And so maybe her last school year didn't count on her record because she was hooking up with a teacher. Who knows? One more Astrid. Let's do an Astrid spinoff series where she goes back to London for college and like has to like. Well, she can have fun with Taylor there because Taylor's going to Oxford. Which is very cool. Yeah. So we've got Taylor going to Oxford. Kieran obviously not going to college because she's a model. Noelle's going to Yale. Uh, Ivy's going to Pepperdine. Tiffany is going to RISD. I did like how when Tiffany walked across the stage, she like took pictures of the other people like she was taking was pictures fun. from the stage and i thought that that was a very cool perspective um, uh porsche is going to the sorbonne yeah apparently her father's a member of the armenian mafia we do learn that this book that's cool i'm into that fun uh i think that's everyone we get to hear about uh yeah i think so and um yeah i'm not that's it i'm not mad about it that's that is vengeance claire what is your state of the union for the week Okay, so I have a fun in. My in for this week uh, was actually something I got to do today. So uh, Courtney and I, if you listen to the, any of the podcasts, you know that we are both big in, we love perfume and we love when they talk about perfume and books. So I follow a lot of perfume creators on TikTok. And uh, one of my favorite perfume creators, uh, which who is nearly nose blind, talks a lot about this 
a local small perfumery perfume shop in uh near near me in dc and so i went today it's called ariel shoshana and it was super cool love yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah and she so she's there she was there and i was like hi like I follow you on TikTok. And she was like, wait, what's your handle? And I was like, oh, it's our, it's my podcast handle. It's Witty Committee Pod. She was like, oh my God, I've seen your comments and your handle. And like, I've seen your videos. You guys are so funny. And I was like, oh my God. So my in is the Ariel Shoshana store. Um, and I, you know, I got some fun perfume. I got to try them all on. And she was like super nice. And like, I was telling her about my favorite perfumes that had gotten discontinued. And she was like, oh, if you like that, you should try this and you should try this. And so it was just so fun and like such a warm experience. And like, they were so kind and helpful and just like it was so fun to talk about talk to them about perfume and stuff and then I talked to them about like you know fictional characters and I floated the idea of her doing an episode of the podcast with us where we talk about like fictional characters and their perfumes I love like from that. a book I love so that. and she so was we could super be like, into oh, it oh here are all the click girls and here's what their signature perfumes were in the early 2000s what would their perfumes what do you think be now? now yeah or just something so she and she loved it and she was like, yeah, I would totally want to do that. I was like, that's so amazing. So love that. That was so much fun. Um, that was really great. I would say my out for the week is um, feeling intimidated. Or like feeling out of place and awkward places. So um, I have done a couple of things outside my comfort zone recently where I have felt intimidated for like no reason at all. Like it's just me putting this on myself so like last night we went yesterday we went to a brewery that was like I should be super comfortable going to breweries my husband loves beer but we got there and for some reason I think the vibe of this one was kind of weird and I just felt like really intimidated and like not comfortable to be there and like it was totally on me but that happened there and then last night we went over to one of David's friends' places to watch football. And when we were on our way there, I was like, oh, like, I'm intimidated. I don't know who's going to be there. Is it going to be a bunch of guys? And I'm, am I going to feel awkward? And, like, I was putting all this stuff on myself, and then we ended up having a great time. And, like, I had another instance today where uh, Jess and I went to uh, the uh, Lottie Market, which is a Asian market near us. And the whole time I was there, I was like, oh, everyone's judging me at, like, how slow I'm going and like, in everyone's way. And I was like, nobody cares about you that much, Claire. Stop doing this to yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I'm try like I'm trying not to be like that because you know going out of your comfort zone and doing fun new things is awesome. And I don't want to be because like I don't want to be the one that's in my own way. Nobody's telling me not to do these things. So, yeah, that's well, my I out. Think that's a a good idea and a good sentiment. And I totally agree that nobody cares nearly half as much. As you think yeah. they do about, which like, is like not in a mean way. No, not in a mean way at all. It's like whenever people are like, "Oh, like how do you like go to the gym and like not feel intimidated or whatever?" I'm like, "Have you considered that everybody who's at the gym is in their own world? At the very yeah. least, they're worried about what you're thinking about them. Like nobody is thinking about you. They're too busy focusing yeah. on themselves. Totally. Uh, so yeah. What about you, Courtney? What's your in and out? My in for the week is Wordle. Ah, uh, did you get today's word? I got today's word. Of course, I did. Um, okay. It was a tough one. Yesterday's was also tough. They are totally, it's, if you think about the fact that it's like, hey, guess one five-letter word from an infinite number of five-letter words in six guesses. Like, it's totally crazy that you yeah. see some people just like guessing it. Um, What's your go-to starter word? Oh, I haven't thought about that. 
I use the same one every day. Oh, I I don't do that. Well, okay, I find that it's incredibly helpful. Okay. I use abide, A-B-I-D-E. Okay. Because you're getting three of the vowels out of the way and two pretty common consonants. Okay. And I usually get at least one either gold or green from that first word. So. Interesting. I will have to try out that concept. Uh, So my in for the week is Wordle. I love a word puzzle. Um, And then my out for the week is online grocery shopping. I My building just started doing... Uh, like this free online grocery delivery situation. And I think, so I'm not like a great grocery shopper. I, if to your point about the Asian market, like I definitely am like a meanderer and a browser and will be like inspired by different things rather than going into the list and just like banging it out. And I know that that can be frustrating to some people who are like, no, I just like get, I make a recipe plan or whatever it may be. Like I, that's not how I grocery shop. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but I did take advantage of the online grocery shopping this week because they had coupons, like they had like 30% off your whole purchase. Um, and also it's been cold AF outside. So I haven't wanted to like go outside and like carry groceries back with me, but I ordered a Spanish onion and it was like rotten on the inside. And I'm like, would this have been something I could avoid if I had gone to the grocery store? I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, we did instant Instacart for something like two weeks ago and it's so convenient and it's nice that it's so convenient but those things that you are like I don't know if this will be like good like not good like taste wise but good like longevity wise you have no control over it they just pick what's there they don't like reach for the back of the bags or like anything like that so I'm with you where it's a little bit it, it's a really it's a, for us it's a need-based thing we only do it if it's like desperately we need it um because sometimes you do. Sometimes it's convenience-wise, it's the only thing. Yeah, for works. sure. And I, like, I don't know that if I had gone to the grocery store, I would have known what to look for in order to check to make sure that the center of a Spanish onion yeah. had not gone all mushy and brown. Because, like, the outside, it looked fine. And, like, how do you know? So I don't fault the people who picked my groceries. It's just an not unfortunate circumstance. And so then my guacamole had no onion in it. Okay. Oh, Bummer. Yeah. I mean, like it had other things. I wasn't just like a mashed avocado person, but it would have been nice if I had had some sort of onion component. I love onions. Onions are great. (laughs) All right. So Claire, other than onions, uh, in terms of where people can find us, if they have like thoughts on the next book series, we should read. So for context, y'all, if you don't give us suggestions, we are planning on reading it, the it girl series, the Jenny Humphrey goes to boarding school spinoff from Cecily Bunseekser. So if you have thoughts, opinions on what we should read next, if you think we shouldn't read It Girl, you can reach out to us on Twitter at WittyPod, Instagram, WittyCommittiePod, TikTok, as Claire mentioned, The Witty Committee, website, thewittycommittee.com, or you can email us, wittycommittiepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, we got the private recommendation or like kind of request from our friends at um, Reddit Next. We love them. So we're, you know, we're, we're all ears. We want to hear suggestions. We want to hear what you guys want to, want to hear us talk about. Um, so just let us know if you have any ideas or anything, but we hope you join us next season as we continue to judge the Mean Girls right back one book at a time. Goodbye.